Forty chess. Yeah. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Let's get it. Forty chess. Huh. Forty chess. Chess, this a trade show. Patreon where the trades go. Tapping and watch, that's what you came for. Ain't gotta say my name, they know my name, bro. What's good, man? We got McNutt at HEM. Always start off the show with a trade from them. You should always make sure that your trade is in. Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them. Tap in and say what you gonna say with them. Stop home and can fill up a stadium. Next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend. We about to kick off, let the day begin. Go follow the socials. 40 chess FF is posted. If your trade is an F, you get roasted. Go like and subscribe for the crew. Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube. You know Cooper got the wall too. Let us give you a walkthrough. 40 chess. This is 40 chess. Tuesday night, 40 Chess Live for the patrons. For those of you listening on Friday, thank you as well. But, Adam, I like doing this show. Not my favorite, but pretty close to my second favorite, right? Like, I got to acknowledge my losses. We did that last week. Uh, Learn from the process, where we went wrong. But uh, let's do a little gloating. A little gloating tonight. Yeah. So let's wins. do it, man. Let's, do let's it. have some feel good. Uh-huh. So, oh, man. Thank you, everybody, and welcome back into the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Man, I got DB. He, he's DMing me right now. Good for him. Get in here, DB. What are we Get doing? in here, my guy, you know? Love it. Love it. We're going uh, to have a conversation with DB, so hopefully we'll have some announcement. <laughs> it's always good when we have a conversation with somebody that we're able to announce something later. Big time. Big time. Big time. You, I mean, you already know what's coming, but we'll get into that later, you know? How you doing, buddy? How I'm doing well. Oh, doing well, man. We did our trade show earlier today, right? My wife's off school tomorrow, so I'm already, you know, kicking it here with her. My wife is, uh, my wife's delayed tomorrow from school. Really? Because, uh, yeah, they had a water main break because it's been negative 15, 20, negative, you know, and that's American temperature, you know, Fahrenheit. I don't know what the hell that is in Celsius. I can't do the conversion. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a Celsius uh, Fahrenheit conversion. I, I use Google for that. So <laughs> need a calculator. Adam, uh, let's start it off with some wins. I got one for you. Right? Pop it off. Pop Win. it off. Pop it off. Let's go. Uh, I told everybody. Shout out to my dad for the incredible trip. But uh, here on this show or the AMA, told everybody <clears throat> to you know just relax. You know, to a concussion thing. Like it's gonna be okay. They trust him. They want him there. The offense is going to be good. It's going to be better than it was last year. A little bit more efficient. And uh, for most of the year, Adam, it was that. Uh, surprisingly, at, he led the league in fucking passing yards. Like, that was kind of a weird stat that I didn't know existed. <laughs> like, when they showed that during the playoff game, I was like, oh, no shit, Tua was number one in the entire league in passing yards. Pretty impressive from him. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of a win there. Right, uh, still maintaining some value, and we've gone from like full-on panic selling at this time last year, where people are losing their shit and may never play football again, to uh, I don't know QB one-ish territory, depending on like how people value him. Probably at worst, 15, 16, somewhere in that range. So. Yeah, he's like a you know 
high end quarterback two, back end quarterback one, right? Somewhere in that range. Yep. I, I'm looking yep. at I'm looking at warp. He was anywhere from like eleven to you know thirteen, fourteen, depending on for for the whole season, right? I mean, the the yep. finish I think uh, for people will make. I'm curious to see if people agree with you on or not on the win, just because there's a people that feel like they're ready to come after Tua after the the way he finished the season. But um, I I would say I would guess the thing to remember too is that uh, with Tua. He he was somebody that because of the concussions, a lot of the off season was whether you want to believe it or not, uh, somebody that I mean, even myself in one in one spot, Mike was aggressively getting out of because I have a, I had a lot of Tua, so I I was trying to you know get out of some of these shares, and there's a specific trade with Tua. I'm not going to mention it on this one because this is our winners, but uh, from where he was, I guess during the off season to now, he has. As far as during the season, and if he helped you win a league, maybe not necessarily, but he's definitely trended up actually from where he started in the preseason to now, even in dynasty value. So, um, the concussion thing of old feels like it's a thing of the past anymore. People don't really talk about it anymore. So, that's yeah. that part especially. Surprised you didn't kick it off with uh, with your boy, but we'll get to that later. I'm assuming, right? We'll get there. I'm just starting up top, man, with a quarterback. So two okay. is on there for me, uh, and I'll give two more uh, for me. Two quarterback hits, Lamar, okay. and uh, oh, that's, keep that's it on one, your that's list one too. Of mine for, yeah, it's mine too. You, you and I were talking people off the Lamar Jackson ledge. Uh, <laughs> similar to two, there's not talks about concussions, but there talks. Oh, he ain't playing this year. He ain't doing nothing. You know, nobody wanted to trade for him. You know, he's probably gonna hold out. We said that was all bullshit. <laughs> Uh, not gonna happen. Lamar's yeah. still elite. Draft him as such. Don't matter if he's playing in Baltimore, if he's playing with a new team. Lamar Jackson is good at football. Good for fantasy, and hopefully, uh, gonna cap it off here with an MVP, right? So Lamar MVP season. Definitely. Kind of. I was interested to see, man. Keep trade cuts even a little bit more higher on him now than uh, than I thought they were. He's up to QB four, Adam, mm-hmm. in uh, the dynasty ranks. So far cry from being like barely holding on to a top eight elite quarterback status where everybody wanted T-Law over him, right? <laughs> like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, we got to take him over him for sure. You know, Lamar's not even going to play. And here you are sitting at the end of the year. If you had a little faith in Lamar Jackson, paid off. Great season. And uh, I would say at this point it's pretty safe to say I'd much rather roster Lamar Jackson than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Easily. I don't think many people disagree with that at all. What was the other one? Did you say you had a third you wanted to get to? I had to wet my whistle there. There you go. I mean, Lamar, Lamar's one for me. Lamar's one for me, but I'll, I'll let you finish yours, and then I'll get to mine. Kyler Murray. I was Kyler, say, Murray Kyler was from, one I know you were you were pounding the table for. Uh, still talked about him all offseason as a QB1, and you shouldn't have moved him at all, period. Um, if you weren't getting top seven, top eight quarterback value, there was no reason to move Kyler Murray. And uh, he retained that. Played pretty well tier down the stretch, especially considering that, you know, he sat out for so long because of that injury. Uh, a little bit rusty. Arizona Cardinals, not a great football team. Um, they were decent, kind of devoid in lack of weapons. Uh, yep. Hollywood Brown was the best, and you saw him disappear and then, you know, be injured for the majority of the last part of the season when you really, uh, you know, fuck you, Hollywood Brown. Damn it. <laughs> Needed you. <clears throat> Needed you in a few leagues and you disappointed me. But Trey McBride emerged. They're sitting in a great spot now with draft capital, getting <coughs> Kyler a weapon. They've committed to him, shown that that's going to be their quarterback of the future. So 
uh, the Kyler Murray thing was great, especially mm-hmm. because I heard all the noise. You know, Kyler's not playing a game this season. Like, that was takes that people had, and that was takes that people doubled down on even in fucking September, Adam. You know, like, I, I watched tweets where, like, if you listen to me back in April, I said Kyler wasn't going to play this season, you know, because all the noise was coming out from Schefter and everything else, and, you know, they they weren't looking good, and Josh Dobbs was playing okay. and It was all just bullshit, man. There's a reason. Uh, you can look at that Kyler Murray contract and know for a fact, yeah, they weren't doing shit with him, right? Like, <laughs> this was their dude. Uh, unless they could find somebody to take him on as a trade partner, he was going to be their quarterback, so why not invest in him? New coaching staff, too. They didn't have the ties. Good to see that they gave him a fair shake, though, to see, you know, can you be our franchise quarterback? And he answered right. pretty resoundingly with a yes, in my opinion. So Kyler, another big hit. Just yeah. needed some patience on him. Yeah. Ky- Kyler was, I know, a big one for you. Um, I, I won't even put that one out there because I know I wasn't as as high on Mike as far as the acquisition aggressiveness. I, I did get him in some spots. But all, all three of those guys, if you think about it, <clears throat> those, those were very, um, I guess, depressed assets in the offseason, right? At points. Lamar, because... You, you, people have to go back a ways to remember that. So this is about this is going back roughly a year now. But if you go back about a full year before he got the contract, and they were doing the whole exercise with, you know, seeing what teams would you get? Are you going to pay two first and some to go get Lamar? There was a lot of talk that he may may never play for Baltimore ever again. He's never going to want to be a part of that that franchise. All a lot of noise. Um, so Lamar, Lamar for me though at the quarterback position was the one I was going to um, say the most and I'll go ahead and throw in Brandon Ayuk um, although he's not a quarterback but these two in particular I know I was I've been high on Ayuk every single offseason but the reason I put that in there Mike there was a specific trade I made with where I traded away in a lineup start nine a half PPR um, and it's a I think it's a six point passing touchdown so I get Lamar Jackson and Brandon Ayuk and this was in January 30th so just about a year ago now for Brees Hall on the 23 first so that's uh that's one I'll I'll take all day. No quarterback giving up. Get Lamar, and I get Brandon Ayuk for that first, and take it, man. Uh, Ayuk was also this year. What's crazy was a little up and down as far as um, consistency, right? But he right. he showed even with um like plenty of weeks where Debo was great, plenty of weeks where Kittle was great. CMC was awesome all season. This guy's a you know absolute difference maker at the receiver position. Um, basically, trended in that wide receiver one territory all season. So, um, I'll take the I'll take the W on those two guys and guys that still this offseason didn't cost you a ton. Lamar's price changed pretty drastically from January to going into the year, but nobody I don't think still believe that he would have a season like he is now and win the MVP with Mark Andrews getting hurt. You know, not even finishing right, with Mark right. Andrews. Rashad Bateman being a zero. Uh, relying on production from Odell Beckham, uh, Isaiah likely actually doing something towards the end of the year, and Zay Flowers emerging. Uh, Zay Flowers definitely helped. But, uh, yeah, Lamar putting up an MVP season with that cast, you know, especially with Andrews going down. It's like, wow, (laughs) Lamar did it. And it wasn't wasn't all rushing, right? It wasn't like the MVP season he had a couple years ago where it was, you know, well over a thousand yards on the ground and just you know highlight after highlight of 60 yard touchdown runs left and right it was actually lamar playing quarterback right shutting people up 
I mean, he made some highlight throws where you're like, that's like Aaron Rodgers shit right there, you know, like off one foot. Like, yes. how the hell did he even see that or have the stones to <clears> throw that football? <laughs> so, yeah. Good to see from Lamar. Uh, I would say his game definitely evolved and grew, and if uh, he can keep this up, right, and they get him a little bit more help, ooh, baby, man. I, I would be pretty excited about Lamar Jackson. We could be uh, looking at Lamar back in that conversation as like hey who are the, th- the elite quarterbacks and i mean the elite of the elite the warp difference makers those fantasy point per game monsters the josh allen's the jalen hurts of the world lamar might be back in that conversation here pretty quick and, and to think too on the point you made about um those quarterbacks if you think about those three guys in spe- specifically right part of the fate on every single one of them was the injury like they're not two was concussions lamar's always hurt at the end of the year well, we'll see if money, you know, changes that or not. Um, looks like it has. And Kyler Murray had his injury situation going on. So all the all the injury stuff was also a big part of it as well. I love the Brandon IU call, and I'll piggyback off that one. Right? <clears throat> we'll go into another wide receiver that was higher on than it seemed like everybody, and I couldn't figure out why. And still, to this day, he feels like a value. It's Michael Pittman Jr. You know I was pounding the table in the offseason for a lot of MPJ, as I've uh, coined it. That's what I'm going to call him, right? He gets the Nick Dave. He's so damn good. So damn MPJ. Good. And and you guys can miss me with this bullshit about Anthony Richardson. Go look at the target share when A. Rich was playing, right? Understand that the air attack was probably a little bit better, a little bit more efficient when Gardner was in. More hero, chuck it, fuck it ball. But the guy was still averaging double-digit targets with Anthony Richardson at quarterback, right? They had a chemistry. A. Rich knew where his bread was buttered, and he tried to get the football to Michael Pittman Jr. So I would expect nothing less uh, from this connection next year. And uh, The Colts would be absolutely fucking stupid if they let him walk, right? Do whatever it takes. Franchise tag, really, just do the right thing and give him a big-ass fucking contract. One of the better receivers in the entire National Football League, and yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. delivered for fantasy managers this year. Yeah, he did. He did in a big way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of receivers we could get to. Um, is, there, is there any other ones that, like, I guess in the top seven rounds or whatever you're, you're thinking of specifically? Uh, the DJ Moore thing. I'm fighting patrons in the offseason with DJ Moore being acquired by the uh, the Bears. Uh, just the whole thing, right? The the historical bullshit that we saw, right? The, the Bears were so bad historically last year. They threw the ball so little, you know. DJ Moore ain't going to be shit. You know, if he gets 100 targets, he's only going to catch 60 of them, and he's going to be like a wide receiver 30-something. False. (laughs) Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. Uh, The Bears regressed more towards the mean. They weren't a super high-volume passing offense, but they regressed more to the mean, right? Uh, They weren't dead last. They were more just below average and kind of in that range. Same for the Falcons, too, because we heard that narrative in the offseason. Even the Falcons kind of regressed up towards – below average territory and uh dj moore uh there was a reason why we said justin fields was the best quarterback he ever played with and that connection was dynamite i know we saw it in the preseason people wrote that shit off because it was you know a couple tunnel screens that he (laughs) fucking housed and we got all excited about it we were at the expo when that game was going on but uh you saw that uh, they could do a little bit more than fucking tunnel screens right the connection downfield justin fields especially like week six onwards pushing the ball down the field, getting the ball out of his hands a little bit more uh, quicker, playing with a little bit more urgency and becoming a real, real uh, confident NFL quarterback in the system that he was playing. 
DJ Moore was a big beneficiary of it, and DJ Moore was a beneficiary of having a quarterback that was better than fucking Kyle Allen, uh, Carolina Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, uh, Will Greer at one time, and uh, busted-ass Cam Newton post-DJ Moore's rookie year. So, yeah, DJ Moore, another big hit at the wide receiver, and somebody that I think we were a lot higher on the minute he got traded to the Bears than a lot of people, other than uh, Mr. Matty Doubletap. Matty Keywool. Fair. <laughs> He's the biggest DJ Moore fan I've ever met. <laughs> That's fair. Very fair. Um, so I, I'm going to go uh, – one, one uh, definitely I was acquiring. There, there were some guys that I did not acquire with the age factor. Like um, I know specifically Mike Evans was one I wish I would have acquired more of. He doesn't fit my winner's list. Um, but I will say one other – one guy that I definitely was acquiring and was um, pretty aggressive in doing so – was wide receiver 33 in startups, Mike. Amari Cooper um, <clears throat> ended up having a, a good season. But I'm going to go a little deeper here, right? We talk a lot about best ball, and nobody wants to talk about, you know, the top. Oh, yeah, you hit a guy that was in the top 15 in best ball. Fair. Let's dig. Let's dig. Let's dig shitheads. Let's dig dynasty degenerates. How about I give you wide receiver 52? Mike, <clears throat> wide receiver 52 in startups um, average between July and August. Any idea who I might be talking about here? 52. Why does your 52 in startups? Produced at- <clears throat> let's, say, let's say he was he was about half. He got, he gave you double that in at the wide receiver yeah, position down, down the stretch, the second half of the year when it mattered. Off the dome, like surprise producers who were huge values. Is it Jacoby Myers? <clears throat> That was, that's going to be one of the two I get to. This one is not specifically him. This one, again, I, let me give you the tip is – Weeks 9 through 17 was uh, basically a wide receiver 2 in Warp. 9 through 17. Wow, that high. <clears throat> yep, and I was ca- I was catching a lot of shit early part of the year from yours truly as well. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, and you probably guys weren't wrong for the first 8, 7 weeks especially. The whole offense was terrible for the first 8, 7 weeks. Let me help you really get it clear. The whole offense was terrible too, man. I'm thinking about this one. <clears throat> This guy really is in his Philly bag because it only he only got a day or two to to celebrate the da- the Dallas Cowboys being trash. Um, Brandon Cooks, man, Brandon Cooks. Brandon, okay, okay, yeah, that was a good one. You were a lot higher on Brandon Cooks than the rest of us. Yeah, I was. I was telling people, you know, survive semester. It, it turned into a really fun survive semester. Mike and I were getting pretty um, animated back and forth versus Brandon Cooks and Juju Smith Schuster, um, but. The Brandon Cooks thing, Mike, I'm going to give you now. I told you he's wide receiver. He's basically wide receiver two, wide receiver 26, okay, um, in warp the weeks 9 through 17. <clears throat> but I want to I want to give you the names that are right around him in warp to give you a real idea in best ball how ridiculous this value is, okay? Wide receiver 25, Jalen Waddle. Wide receiver next to him, Cooper Cup. The following receiver, Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks. All right there, man. Like, he's literally giving you T. Higgins production. All these guys that you paid premium prices for. Old little old Brandon Cooks for weeks 9 through 17 giving you that same production. So, um, you know, getting down into the the 4D weeds like we talk in best ball. Mike, 12th, 13th, 14th round in startups. I got him a lot in best ball. Now, as you know, it didn't help me win a lot of titles. But um, I'll take the W on Brandon Cooks. I like it, man. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. One is my hit. The other one is our very own Fizzle Dallas. Fizzle, 
had been on the CD Lamb thing and finished number one mm-hmm. wide receiver just about anywhere you look. Fantasy points, warp, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. had a massive, massive finish to the end of the season. And Fizzle stuck with him, even while people like me were faltering, right? Like, I like CD Lamb, but, you know, those first six weeks were god-awful horrendous. Like, it was a tough thing to watch them just ram Tony Pollard up the middle 25 times a game and ignore the fact that they had CD Lamb. So that was tough, but Fizzle stuck with it. Fruits of the labor, right? CD carried a lot of teams to championships, especially down the stretch. One I hit on in the offseason, along with the Tua thing, was the Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And I took some heat for dynasty rankings because I had Tyreek Hill at three. At three. And people lost their fucking shit. They lost their shit. And what did I say, Adam? I will take one to two seasons of elite production. Elite production. And I think Tyreek Hill still had that in it. I know we heard the thing about, well, he said that, you know, after his contract was up, he was going to retire from football. Yeah, in 2025, (laughs) which meant that 23 and 24, it was wheels up for fucking Tyreek Hill in this offense, and he smashed it out of the park, right, on pace, and would have, in my opinion, would have broke that 2,000-yard mark easily. But we had one freak, and it's kind of the way football goes sometimes, high ankle sprain, limited him, slowed him down here at the end of the season cost him a little bit but Tyreek Hill smashing success too because people were livid how am I going to rank a 29 year old wide receiver as dynasty wide receiver three Mike do you even fucking play dynasty yeah I do and I win championships son (laughs) it's a good thing uh it's a good thing you mentioned the CD thing there because I remember in one of the trade shows we did where um not, not that you were wrong in the trade but I remember when we were talking about it I was just like, uh, can you say confidently I, that he's going to beat CD? Panicked. And you were like, yes, yes, I can. Uh, but they, they basically still finish the same. However, Tyreek's finish and uh, CD Lamb's finish obviously were wildly different. But um, those two were locked in monsters all year. Um, Mike, you kind of touched on Jacoby Myers. Obviously, the finish for Jacoby Myers was different than the start may have been. But for a guy that you were drafting in the 14th round, wide receiver 27 and warp. Uh, let me go ahead and give you the wide receiver. Wide receiver 60, Mike. Wide receiver 60 in startups. So, you know, when people are saying, oh, you can't get guys late in, in startups and, you know, you're not going to find that. There's two guys I was I was pounding the table for. You can go back and look. I only had two episodes because you guys have no idea how long it took to make those damn ATM money moves. But we'll have them back next year. Jacoby Myers and uh, Brandon Cooks, Mike, for me. Two of the guys that I was um, really pounding the table for in the – 12th to you know 14th round range where you can get a lot of guys in this range that miss by the way let me just read you some guys in the 12th through the 14th to give context Khalil Herbert Antonio Gibson Marvin Mims Tank Bigsby (laughs) come on man Juju Smith-Schuster right like Rashad Penny Chase Brown even though he had a couple games down the stretch didn't do anything all season right uh Hendon Hooker in this range so um Tajay Spears finished a little better down the stretch, but plenty of guys, Jimmy G, plenty of guys that didn't do anything for you. So to think about getting a guy that's wide receiver 27 for the season or wide receiver 26 for the final half of the season that late in, in startups were two of the guys I was, uh, I'll go ahead and pound the table as dubs for me. Oh, baby. All right, Adam, on to it. Sam Laporta, and I hit this one three fucking years ago, so. <laughs> we just riding out the waves, but it just gets better and better, don't it? Mm-hmm. Even on one knee, Sammy Ballgame still scores playoff touchdowns. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, man. He, he don't um, need two knees. 
That dude, that dude is that dude is legit, man. Um, for all of you that, however long it took you to get here, there's no denying it at this point, right? Dude was a baller. Adam, think think of this, man. Startup ADP from last year, all rookie season on, right through September. Sam Laporta was going as the tight end twelve off the board. After Michael Mayer, Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Kincaid, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard. Mm. What yeah. we doing? I mean, you know, like at that point, it was. I, I, what's crazy was at that point, it was like, okay, he's starting to make some noise. But now we're talking about Sammy Sammy Ballgame as the perennial wide receiver, or at least the perennial tight end in in Dynasty right now. Um, the other thing, too, was he, he – <clears throat> a lot of times you'll see this inflation because of, um, you know, a rookie having good games or, or a few, right? Like Sam Laporta was a difference maker at that position in his rookie season. Collected all kinds of awards this year. Um, that, that dude, that dude's that. He is that dude, man. He is him. You know what's crazy? Crazy to think. I mean, for for MVP status, at least for offensive rookie of the year, he's never in the conversation, right? Like Stroud, rightfully so. Puka was awesome, but I yeah. never hear Sam Laporta mentioned, even though. But you he broke every record you can't. That there was for a rookie tight end, right? But you can't because you have a receiver do it, right? And Puka. Right. And then you have, I mean, any the quarterback position. If a guy has as good a season as CJ does at quarterback, you're going to have a hard time even getting a tight end in the conversation. But to your point, like this rookie class hits for all the shit it's gotten because of how much hype it had. You're talking about right now getting a top three or four t- quarterback in the class, a the the tight end one in the class, and. I would say right now definitely a top five or six receiver in the class. Easily. Yep. Right? <clears throat> so talk all the shit we we can talk all the shit we want to about twenty three, but let's 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 but, acknowledge the high end upside twenty three gave you too though, right? Let's let let's run that through too. Like go back to, to draft season, rookie draft season last year, Adam. And if I were to tell you at the end <clears throat> of the year, Adam, I promise you there'll be three players from this class who will be top five at their position in dynasty value. None of those three names would be on that list. None of them. I, I'm not going to put them as a W. Anthony Richardson. Somebody I, definitely would guess B. John Robinson. Yes. And maybe Jackson Smith and Jigbo or Jameer Gibbs. Right. Now, I, I'm not going to put C.J. Stroud as a win because I definitely had him at quarterback three. But I, I will say, like, I was higher on C.J. Stroud than a lot of people were in the draft process. But I would not have put him ahead of A. Rich. You guys all know where I was at with A. Rich. So, there's yeah. – I'm not going to put him as a W, but – I still got at least some of my C.J. Stroud at that 105, which just, to me, the crazy part was all along that there was people that didn't even take him at 105. There was points that I saw JSN go ahead of him at 105, and that was where I was like, this is just, this is fucking bananas. I think uh, another hit for me was uh, fading the Dalton Kincaid thing. Like, just, he was getting to stupid high levels. He did Um, start to, he kind of recovered the fade, like, if you had him, he recovered in dynasty value probably more than he was, but he didn't give you any point in the season really. Like, if he you were starting him, like two, three games yeah, where right. he was very good, very, very. But it was very budget. small sample size for the season, right. for warp, and right? Then, and like when Dawson Knox came back, he disappeared again and was a actual detriment to your roster. I know he had a he had a pretty decent playoff game, three catches, fifty nine yards, and a touchdown. So 
probably going to buoy him, at least in the offseason. We'll see what he does here in these upcoming playoff games, um, depending on how far Buffalo goes. But not that I think Kincaid's bad, because I think we even talked about it on the show. Like, I really like the talent coming out. I just thought there was too much pushed up where it was like, this is going to be the number two in Buffalo immediately, right? Like, Diggs needs mm-hmm. help. Kincaid's going to be that dude. He's going to work out of the slot. And I'm going, you guys are spending a mid to late first-round rookie pick on a tight end with a, you know, up until, you know, the, his his last year in college, nobody knew who the fuck Dalton Kincaid was. Like, keep it 100. Nobody I mean, knew who the hell he was. No, I, I think there are people that maybe knew, but nobody, the hype from him being a, a, a tight end to the tight end was what changed, for sure. You know how fervorish I am with tight ends. We started multiple CD, C2C leagues, Adam, yeah. that year. His, his last year in college, going into it, right, the offseason of his last year. You know how feverish I am for just tight end talent around the country, right? Like, I yeah. knew who Tucker Craft was before Tucker Craft was, like, showing up on mock drafts. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, well, that, that's also Iowa, though, too, right? Well, yeah. But, like, it's just our thing, okay? It's just sure. what we do. Like, I keep a pulse on tight ends. I have a pretty good feel for tight ends. I knew who, who – I didn't know who Dalton Kincaid was. God's honest truth. Really? The only reason we ended up on our joint team with a share of Dalton Kincaid and I ended up on the C2C leagues – is because I got the fucking names wrong. I knew there was a great Utah tight end that started with a K, right? That's amazing. So I went down the list, and the first Utah tight end that I saw that started with a K, I'm like, that's got to be that dude, right? Like, I knew his name's kind of, like, fucked up. Kincaid sounds right. No, I was looking for Brent fucking Kuthi. (laughs) Keefe, however the fuck you pronounce his last name. He was supposed to be the guy, right? Right. Well, he he was. He he was. And then he got injured. And Correct. Dalton Kincaid took over and fucking ran away with it, right? He put up like 200 yards against USC that year. You're talking like in his in his out. final season, his senior season, correct? Right, yes. when he came out. Yeah. There was the, – the only thing, though, I remember his name um, starting to surface, and that was when, like, you're – you're paying too much attention probably to like all the stuff we were doing, mocks and shit and Destination Devi in different places. But the reason I'm saying that is uh, he, I remember in his, the year prior, like had eight touchdowns or something, um, which I think was what he still had in his senior year. And he was starting to get a little buzz, but to the point where you're talking like he didn't get to the the conversation of in the mix with Mayer, who at the time it was Mayer, right? Mayer was run, the run guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. For, so he for didn't, a lot of people, you know, I'm correct. sitting there trying to tell people Sam Laporta is good, but you know, eventually that gets stripped. Mike, you're fucking tripping, man. It's Iowa. Shut the fuck up. But but, but Mayor but, Mayor was him. Yeah, Mayor was the time. the sole like you know this is the tight end one, the prospect. Ba- and, baby and people were arguing like, I think was thrown around with him. Exactly, and people were arguing like, hey, is this just prospect fatigue with Dalton Kincaid because Kincaid was the hot guy coming up um, after his senior year, so he definitely became much more known. I I didn't know much about him. I just knew that he was a guy that was getting a little bit of buzz. But the buzz that he created the, in his senior season, Mike, to your point, was where it all came from. But, yeah, you, you ended up taking him in the back end of the first round versus basically Laporta and Mayer. You were getting similarly in the early part of the second to sometimes like 204, 205 certain drafts. So um, wildly different. Now, that, that those are that's post-NFL, Mike. I mean – we could talk about Sam Laporta being a guy you're getting in the third round in these pre-NFL drafts, right? So Easily, man. We kept track of all those, right? And I was shocked at how, I mean, he's back into the third round in pre-NFL drafts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I honestly wonder, because I walked away with a lot of Sam Laporta shares, right? If I'm not in these drafts, how much farther <laughs> does he fall? <laughs> like, yeah. I'd, pre-NFL draft, I don't know how many people were really in on Sam Laporta, right? But <laughs> once he got that early day two capital, people were like, oh, shit. 
Who's it? Mike wasn't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the Lions like this dude. They're they're trading away TJ fucking Hawkinson and then like, yeah, we're gonna select a dude. I think that was probably the craziest thing and it surpassed my wildest expectations too, uh, about the Lions with Sam Laporta is just the fact that they they gave Sam Laporta a workload or a role that they wouldn't give TJ Hawkinson at all. And we right. saw TJ Hawkinson thrive. I mean, the number one tight end in warp, uh probably hit that in points per game too, up until the knee injury. But uh absolutely incredible like what he was able to do in minnesota and detroit had him you know they drafted him they spent first round draft capital on him they never gave him that kind of target share that kind of workload they never (laughs) put that much onus on him they they trade him away they draft sam laporta as his replacement they're like you know what from day fucking one we're not making this mistake again sammy you're going to be involved in the game plan i don't know if he's just a better fit for what ben johnson wanted to do with the offense uh i would say personally uh, just from watching them both, uh, Adam, you know, I, I always kind of comped him like he was in between like a Noah Fant and a TJ Hawkinson. You know, he had a little bit more athleticism. I think he's a better route runner. He was a high school wide receiver. He played wide receiver at Iowa at times because we yep. needed it. So I think he's a little bit more mobile. <laughs> he's a like a better route runner. He's got that hybrid um, like feel as far as the way he runs routes. Just a little like bit. Yep, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. The, the impressive thing, though, is he was always Think of a guy like Waller. Player. Waller was a hybrid too guy, right? He was always a very willing blocker. Uh, he gave really good effort. Uh, I think that's decent. the thing about Laporta to me when I watch it is his blocking is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of like when we talk about Nakua versus Sam Laporta for, for Rookie of the Year, I know I'm biased on it, but I just ask, you know, honest question. <clears throat> We've mm-hmm. seen rookie wide receivers step on the scene and just, pff, wow, right? Like I think of OJ o- Odell Beckham. Right, Randy Moss before him. Like we've seen these guys explode onto the scene. We rarely ever see a tight end do it. And I would say arguably it's a much harder position to do it as a rookie because not only do you need to have the skills, know the routes, the nuance that comes with, you know, catching a damn football, but you also basically need to be a, a sixth offensive lineman. Right. You need to know all the blocking schemes and when you're doing gaps and pulls, where you're stepping in zones. You have so much more that you have to comprehend and actually execute at a good rate because we've seen countless rookie tight ends not get playing time their rookie year. Why, Adam? Because they can't block for shit. Sure. They can't be trusted in pass protection. They're fucking zero in the run game. Like, you might as well bring in Dan Skipper if you're the Lions as an extra offensive tackle. <laughs> like, just bring in another guy because this dude sucks. <laughs> He's going to get bulldozed over. Aaron Donald's going to make him look terrible doesn't happen with Sam Laporta. So I would just say arguably from a football standpoint, I would say that it's the wide receiver is a sexier position. I would say doing what Sam Laporta did as a rookie is far more impressive to me than what Puka did, not to discredit what he did because doing what he did as a rookie is still damn impressive. But Laporta doing it from basically playing two positions at the same time is like, holy fuck. I mean, I, I hear you. I, I'm not, not going to say anything negative about what Laporta did. Laporta was great, but – the one thing I will say, because to this point you're talking, if you're going to like look back in um, all the, the years that the receiver has done stuff, you can go back and look in just recency. Um, go back to Odell Beckham Jr. Go back to, I believe it was Jalen Waddell had the reception record, right? And it was uh, Jamar Chase yeah. who had the yardage record. What are all these guys going to typically have? The draft capital that says day one, you're the driver of this train. You're the dude, yeah. This is a dude, late round pick, Mike, day three pick. A team that's supposed to win no games. Now, the one thing, again, Laporte, I'm not trying to knock on him because that team 
went to the playoffs and beat the Rams in a very good game. Amazingly, these guys played each other in the game, in the playoffs. But Nakua did it. He broke the record in the in the playoffs. He proved it. He broke the record for catches. He broke the record for yards. He broke the record for uh, catches in a game, 15. Like, Mike, he left no doubt on the rookie, in my opinion. I know he had an extra game to get 29 yards from, uh, what was it, Bill Groman's record. So you could argue the validity of that one if you really want to because of the difference in games. I get it. But this guy basically broke all the fucking r- rookie records as a receiver. And went into a situation where, dude, you know how many guys? There's day three picks that do not make the roster. Right. Like, that That to me is a big thing for Nakua um, that makes it just crazy. Because it's one thing to go in there when <clears throat> Laporta, to your point. Now, I don't, I don't think he didn't earn it. He absolutely earned it. But the Lions, when they drafted him, said, listen, you're, if you come in here and do what we think you can do, you this is your job. Nakua had to go in there and earn that shit. So... I guess that's the difference for me for most rookie receivers where, to your point, it it can happen, but very few and far between. They're like late, late round picks as a rookie, right. you know? Unheralded dudes, right? You look back at the Puka Dakua thing, too. It's just hilarious to see uh, the people drafted in front of them, right? Like where we are now. Oh, my God. There's, so there's just going, a million of them. Going by uh, uh, Bulletproof's ADP, you know, powered by Adiko there. Uh, mm. He was the 407 in rookie drafts. So these are encompassing all rookie drafts, right? Post as well. Yeah. With Sean Tucker, uh, Evan Hall, Eric Gray, Dwayne McBride, we didn't see a damn snap of during the regular season. Stetson Bennett, same thing. Darnell Washington was a left tackle. Uh, Michael Wilson was okay ish. Um, Deuce Vaughn, nothing. Schoonmaker, nothing. Boutte, nothing. Uh, Tank Dell was pretty damn awesome. Uh, Bannikanda, Zach Evans, Tillman, Musgrave, Chase Brown, and then uh, Jaden Reed. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, all these people that are drafted in front of Puka Nakua. It's Puka in the 407 that has a case to be the 101 <laughs> yeah. of the class. Right. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, like, in July, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, start of July when. You know, the, the hype train was beginning to get there. It still was nowhere near to the point where it finished, <clears throat> just in hype. But July, he was the 1807 wide receiver, 82 in startups. And you just think about the jackpot of all jackpots this year was for the late round drafter, the Los Angeles Rams giving you Puka Nakua in that range and Kyron Williams even later. I'm trying to find where Kyron's at here. I mean, it's way late. Uh, let's see if I can 758. find 758. <laughs> That's what it felt like, did it? Yeah, that he was. bitch got dropped in leagues. You know, Ky- Kyron was the, 22, the 2208, Mike. Nuts. League winners. Hey, partial credit. You got the Rams backfield right that they were going to be a league winner. It was just I did. I just dude. picked the complete wrong guy, and uh, he wasn't the backfield for anybody. And then towards other Achilles. So, shout out to me. You know, I picked him. <laughs> I'm going to finish my winners with this, Adam. Okay. And the winners, and this is, uh, you know, I shouted out Fizzle, but I'm going to shout out Koopa for Warp and opening my eyes. Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. But realizing and actually diving in, listening to what you and Scott did, uh, Mind Warp series, still incredible to this day, still a lot of good information on it. So, you know, go check it out if you haven't. Trust me. You got a lot of time in the off season. Not yeah. the worst idea. But yeah. really diving into Warp. And then being able to have this awesome tool where I can just, boom, I can just go and look at a specific league. And the realization, I don't know when it hit, Adam, but at some point I realized in 95, 
99% of my leagues, these fucking tight ends don't matter. <laughs> they just don't matter. Okay. You you Screw can them. you can you can make a well, you can make a plan with the tight ends without spending any real draft capital or ex, you don't have to have expensive percent. ones, right? And especially in best ball, you can get away with just having an onslaught. You give me four to six of these crusty ass dudes at tight end. Deep Sea was like, "Yeah, I got you at tight end." And, no, you don't. No, you don't, right? Like I I don't need it. I don't need it. Mike, to the point because what's crazy is I, it, this kind of actually gets to that, all right? Because I'm going to tell you one of the things that now is becoming um, a very big push, and I, I still think is probably correct. There's a lot of good thoughts to this. Like you think about the 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 full teardown rebuild is becoming less of a cool thing because people are just like this. It's redraft plus is kind of what Dynasty is going to become, right? There's so much of this stuff you get wrong with rookies. You look at all the. We just talked about all the guys that got right, but no one saw Puka coming. I shouldn't say that. Very few people saw Puka coming. Debro saw. Right, that's what I say. That's why I said make sure make sure you mishear me. Very few people saw him. Mike Mike was one of the few people that was like really really in on the board all along. And CJ Stroud wasn't the quarterback one that people were drafting. Anybody that was talking their CJ Stroud love might have taken him as the quarterback two in the class. I didn't see in a single draft anyone take him as quarterback one. So. There was a lot of misses in the 23 class and the redraft plus thing. So I just want to go back to <clears throat> this year. I, I, I proved Mike in one league in, in two. If you go do it right, you hoard picks. You don't even have to do the quarterback order, but you get a bunch of draft picks. You completely clean house. You can turn into a legit monster with just two years of rebuilding. Like you don't have to sell your soul for forever. I've definitely done that too far down the road, but if you do it right, you can rebuild in two years by just getting a bunch of draft picks. Um, and, and on that team, to your point, Mike, a team that dominated from start to finish. My tight end room was Noah Fant. Basically it. Uh, Donald Parham. <laughs> That's a great room. <laughs> Noah Fant, Donald Parham, and literally those are the two. Like I didn't even – like I actually did it a little bit wrong. Like I should have had more guys in there that were tight ends, but I just I just literally filled the rest of my team with skill players. Like I, I almost assumed losing at that spot weekly so bad that it didn't matter because the rest of my my team was so good. I'm only starting one in that in that league, so you can rebuild. You can completely tear it all the way to the studs and build a monster if you choose to be diligent and do it cleanly for two years. You don't even have to go three or four. And to your point about the tight ends, yeah, like you do not have to have a goon squad, man. Noah Fant was terrible this year. <laughs> Donald Parham was non-existent i think there was one more that i literally can't find on here but point is you don't have to have a great tight end room you just don't you don't uh i'm about to finish the startup here we got uh mr wonderful on the clock and then i'm up with the very last pick in the draft and my tight end room in a two tight end league adam right now is going to be uh josh oliver will mallory hmm. and maybe somebody i select with the 30 12 <laughs> yeah and then I'll just figure out the rest, right? Like, I'm going to go hit waivers, find some dudes, some Durham Smice, some... Who was that dude? Uh, Julian Hill. Julian Hill. Yeah, yeah Julian, Julian Hill. Hill. I'm going to find some of them fucking guys. <laughs> just some of those guys. And, and I did, the, uh, the, the warp thing I was going to say. Go ahead. Finish your startup point. I did. Like, there were some, like, tight end regrets, right? Like, uh, TJ Hawkinson, I didn't buy it. Koopa was very, very adamant about TJ Hawkinson being very, very good this year. And he was right. Uh, TJ yeah. Hawkinson was a stud this year. 
Um, you know, I had some tight end misses, right? Like I invested in some leagues into Travis Kelsey. I invested some leagues into Mark Andrews, and both those came back to bite me. Now the Andrews thing was injury. Kelsey was just poor performance. But a lot of leagues, man, if I was just kind of snoofing around that middle, right, and people were like, hey, what do you want for Dallas Goddard? I don't know. Any first, you can have them. I ain't got a first. And any two seconds, you can have them. Like, there are some misses. You know, I traded away some Sam Laporta here, you know, like T-Rock said. <laughs> traded him away a little bit too soon sometimes. For sure. And you regret it a little <laughs> bit. But the overall, the process has been a 1,000% right. Um, and yep. with any good process, you're going to have a few misses in between where you go, oh, I could have done that better, right? It's kind of like trading. Uh, I don't win every trade that I make in the end. And there's some trades that look like slam dunks, and you go and you look back in a year and you go, damn, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> this is horrible. I, mm-hmm. I messed this up so bad. But everything is about the process. Keep doing the process. And if you can stay mostly right with your process, you're going to do amazing. You stay 60, 65% right with your process on your hits, you're going to do just fine. You'll win a lot of championships. You'll be way ahead in money, trust me. So for every Sam Laporta I sold at tight end 12 prices that I go, fuck, I wish I'd still kept some. Mm-hmm. It's okay because I probably sold a Pat Fryermuth. <laughs> I probably sold a Dallas Goddard. <clears throat> I probably sold a, I don't know, George Kittle. Like got off these tight ends that, that people were just fawning over. The Dalton Kincaids, which I may have drafted at the 110 just so I could trade them, right? Then you get a first and a second money the michael mayors of the world that i had i sold him for two seconds do i regret selling michael mayor for two seconds at this point fuck no <laughs> no i gladly take two seconds because i'll probably take jatavian sanders with one of those picks and then do the same shit this year <laughs> right yeah it would just keep <clears throat> multiplying that's how you do it right every uh we talked about it. you had one of the greatest shorts that this channel has ever seen a specific short you can't find it on a podcast specific short I'm talking about a cheat code for dynasty is these second and third round tight ends. And when they get a little bit of hype, sell them. And you get the next year's one you can draft, plus you get the pluses on top. Exactly. So we talk about, hey, you sold San Laporta, that was a miss. Yeah, think about how many Chigaquanquos I sold, how many Greg Dolchitzes I fucking shipped off, how many Daniel Bellingers Correct. I even dumped on Adam's lap for a random third, and I'm sure he'd rather have the fucking third at this of course, point. Of course, of course, of <laughs> course. Those are all hits. Those are the process plays we talk about. So overall, tight ends uh, due to warp uh, specifically. Big, 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 big success for me this year. Yeah, I'm going to give my last win is going to be unorthodox. People are going to be like, what the hell? And my last win, Mike, is looking across a lot of my leagues. There was was two leagues in particular. um, The one that I ended up winning, the shit league, and then Arkham Asylum. And when you play in $50 leagues and you're creating content, I'm like I went into this and I wanted, cause I'm going to get into this later on down the stretch, uh, like the details of it. But those specifically like Arkham was actually the one I had every single pick, right? Shit league. I think I had 10 of the 12, but these were both like rebuilds that I did a whole bunch of stuff with. And Mike Arkham, I intentionally left very young and shit. I did more of a warp, like letting warp have a, make it a blend of, Young guys that could still score, but also getting like getting into the older, crusty, warp difference maker type guys. Like I acquired in the shit league, you know, um, Stefan Diggs. I acquired, who wasn't always the greatest, Cooper Cup, who wasn't always the greatest, but I acquired CD Lamb. I did some tear ups and stuff like that. So the reason I'm highlighting this is intentionally to see what would happen. And 
not really to my surprise, but very clearly, and it's going to be a lot easier to highlight when you, you cross over and talk about them this offseason. One of the ways that you can screw up coming out of the rebuild is letting this idea of I got all this young, these young studs, because that's what you're going to be highlighting in the offseason. That's not how you probably win if your whole team is that way. Like you need to kind of blend it where you have some youth, you have some like credit, some equity almost, right? Some of these young guys you can trade away if you need to, but you blend it in with the guys that are crusty, the guys that you can get at values. Um, and, and the overarching thing, theme of this is, to your warp point, Mike, my biggest win this year was all the leagues that I lost in. All the leagues oh. that I lost in. All the leagues that I lost in, looking back and seeing all the different reasons why, one of my biggest wins this year. Wouldn't have hey. seen it without. Wouldn't have seen it without losing. That's true, man. You gotta take them L's sometimes to find <laughs> them wins. Right? Yep. To find out where you messed up and gone wrong. And I, you talk about it. Uh, we didn't talk about it on the losses show, but it kind of hit me too afterwards, post reflection, uh, when we were talking about startups. And uh, I'm very comfortable doing a snake draft startup. That's the shit's like riding a bike anymore. <laughs> Right, the, the strategies, the tearing down, right. the tearing up, uh, the movement, the player selection, like that shit's easy anymore, right? Yeah. Understanding value. The one thing I still struggle with, and we did a fuck ton of them last year, auctions. Like most of my auction startups, those teams I look at now and I go, what the fuck was I doing, man? Got to go out and be the fucking, you know, QB price checker everywhere, right? <laughs> then you get stuck with four or five of these fucking guys. So uh, I'm kind of with you, man. That is a win in itself, is getting those hard lessons, getting mm-hmm. those kicks in the balls, kicks in the teeth, because it makes you wake up and you go, I don't want to do this again. I don't want this team to look like this last year. I don't want this feeling of disappointment like, man, I sucked. I'm terrible this year. I really enjoy, Adam. I, I don't know about you, but like a measure of success personally for me is I do 40-some leagues, right? Like, it'll yeah. probably be 50, 60 by the time the actual season rolls around. There's just yeah, you, you're going to be in you're gonna be in crazy mode pretty soon, for sure. With the way we use league safe, right, the measure of my success, right? Kevin, uh, Kevin Bach, if you, Bachledge, if you listen to this uh, episode, he'll know because he just texted me uh, about it. He said, do you ever have this, like he sent me a screenshot, this problem with Sleeper with, with trying to withdraw funds, and I said, I don't know. I haven't withdrawn funds from uh, from League Safe in a while, you know, right? In like years. He goes, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like I, I just don't. Like my measure of success is always, you know, all those payouts come in. Do I have enough cash to pay all of my entry fees, right? And so far, so good. You know, the last three years, like I always have extra left over. But I always take that extra and then just start more leaks. You know what I mean? Like, and if I can keep that train rolling for forever, at some point, right, the chickens are going to come home to roost, and I'm going to be like, fuck, I got a lot of money in here. <laughs> League safe's holding, you know, interest-free. This is probably not financially responsible of me. I should yep. probably withdraw. But that's the kind of feeling. And, uh, you know, if you got into a, a bunch of leagues this year and then you look at your league safe and now, you know, league dues are, are coming up and you're going – fuck, I got to deposit a lot of money to pay for this shit. Yep. That's a bad feeling, and you want to do anything in your power to make sure you don't have that next year. And that's yeah. actually a win in my book. That's definitely, I mean, that's that's easy money. I mean, literally, right? Uh, that's easy money. I mean, Mike, the crazy part, though, is, so I, last year I did better than this year. Last year I profited off of not the greatest year. And the thing last year that made it so difficult was, there was probably four specific ones I can remember vividly. Like, man, I think I win this league, but that 
it's game at the close. end. Yeah, yeah you kind of just – I'm going to go ahead and take the split, right? Still ended up profiting that year. This year I didn't – I'm not going to profit. But before – I'm probably going to get out of a few leagues. But I, the way I'm going to get out of leagues is going to be more so like I'll probably – it, you already had there's already a payment down a deposit type thing and you've already paid up and i'll probably even pay up a league uh some if i leave it if any of the leagues i leave i look and it's like this this is not the greatest roster i'll even pay an extra year into it right it's just because i i don't want to leave i don't want to leave a, a league yeah. the wrong way right i don't want to make that I, a habit i respect people do that brandon uh you know from destination <laughs> Devi, uh good friend of ours right uh he's left multiple leagues of ours but the reason that we still invite him back, even though he'll leave a league, is because Brandon knows that when he takes his 26 picks and he pushes them all in, he goes, uh, this team's got an uphill climb as an orphan. I'm not just going to leave you high and dry here. 24 and 25 is paid for. Boom. You can fill a free orphan yeah. pretty easily you right. know, with your Patriots. He doesn't just go, ah, fuck you, figure it out. <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah. yeah, if the team's good, by all means, you just you bow out gracefully. Here you go. Like, I didn't leave a shitty roster. We already got one year paid for. Uh, figure it out for 25. But if your team's really bad, yeah, I'm fully on board. Like, do the right thing and just go, hey. Sure. <laughs> hey, uh, this team's not so good. <laughs> but, the, but the crazy part, Mike, is in, in a year where you only win one league, um, I had a couple other random payouts, whatever. As bad as it, as bad as it felt on the, the winning side, I'm, I'm not going to end up paying a whole lot extra into – multiple Still leagues did all right right yeah so season championships you know right <laughs> i had a lot of second places yeah I had, I had four teams mike that finished most points for for the season i had three total teams that between the playoffs and the most sometimes that's just the way it goes you can live with that but uh yeah man that, that that for me was one of them is um that and to this point here to atm just choose wisely yes and no like obviously you want to hit the right ones but i'll give you my championship roster and tell you the ones that i didn't hit i mean Stephon Diggs did not hit for you. Uh, Cooper Cup really was not a hit for you. A.J. Brown didn't even play in um, some of the games down the stretch. Tyreek Hill didn't do as much as – he was obviously great. I'm not going to use him as a guy that was bad. But Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, still on this team, didn't do a lick for you. You don't have to hit them all, right? Aaron Jones was out for the majority of the season. Um, you don't have to hit them all. But you want to find the right blend because if you do that, even if you get if you get some misses, you'll end up landing, you know, a CD Lamb type, a, a Alvin Kamara type at value. So um, I, I think it's really just taking a look at your team and making sure you're getting the right blend um, in the rebuild coming out of it, leveraging in some of the picks you've been hoarding, right? Going to get some of the older veterans when it's time to go make the move in. Don't just stay still with the young guys. That was one of the the key things I learned this year. And I think honestly, when you really think about it, that's a very big corollary with warp. Warp's going to tell you that, right? That's a big warp thing. That was one of the reasons it was open to my eyes. Crazy. Crazy. What a year, man. What a year in uh, deep sea. Good to see him in the, he's uh he's going to try to rebound, right? We're in another startup. Of course, right now, man. Actually 14 teams. Deep Sea's so. right, right back at it. I see, I see, um, I'll just say I've seen deep sea that, you know, the way you had it in last last league, you're going to do it again. Just send all those picks in, and we're going for it right away, right? <laughs> we thought it was Stoppa's fault last time. Now we did. That's what I'm it's saying. 100% on deep sea this time. <laughs> I'm thinking Sopa just sent you a mess. Well, it turns out that no wonder you wanted that team. You love to do it too. So, love to see it though. Go go go! try to win it right away. I don't I don't hate it. It's good to see he hadn't, he hadn't spent anything on tight end outside of Travis Kelsey, right? <laughs> but we don't actually have to start a tight end in that league. It's all flexes. 
who gives a shit? Oh, T Rock, I, I messed up his uh, his reference. I thought he meant pick the right veterans, um, choose wisely. So I love the choose wisely reference, though, right? The Indiana Jones. Yeah, right, let's yep. go. <clears throat> love it. <laughs> and then you get to see the Nazi die. You know, like turned into a skeleton <laughs> and blow apart. It's always a good sign. Absolutely. <laughs> You gotta love it, man. No offense to any, yeah, actually, a hundred percent offense to any. I'm, yeah, that, that's one of those where we could say it's Fuck okay. Y'all. It's okay to go back in history and say offense to y'all. <laughs> If I get canceled because I told a Nazi to fuck off, like that's probably the best way to get canceled, I would say. <laughs> I would agree. Gambler at heart. Listen, Deep Sea, I told you this multiple times. I'll say it till the end of time. Deep Sea, keep being you, buddy. Keep being you. We'd love to see it. Might get anything else on the wins on the wins episode, man. I'm I don't know. I I'm not as I'm not as gloating, man. Like I'm most of mine I, I had to put out here because I wanted to rub it in Mike's face on the winners, right? Like the Brandon Cooks and those. I'm excited to rub it in his face. I, I don't know. I'm not really the biggest gloater, man. I'm just not. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a flaw of mine. I'm not the biggest. I didn't even touch on like some in-season wins, you know, when I'm trying to convince you to buy Jordan Love and you kept telling me to fuck off and oh, here we are. I mean, because, well, what I was going to say, actually, you, you brought up a great point. I was going to say, actually, Mike, I, I learned very clearly this year and I, I leaned all the way into it. Fade the face planner early. Fade the face planner early. That was one I almost Fair. messed on saying. Because Quint, because uh, because yeah, Quentin Johnson was a face planner. I faded early, and to me, I think I'm learning this process. Mike, you just talked about 65. percent I think I think the process play on face planners is probably higher than 65. percent So for me, the process is even if I end up sending away Quentin Johnson and I'm wrong, like let's say he would have had the opportunity that the Chargers gave him, but he ends up balling. That'd suck, but I can live watching that knowing. That the percentages are bad, right? Yep. That's one for me, and that was one with Quentin Johnson trading him. Uh, I ended up moving him one other place than with JSU, but let's just say wherever I traded him at the time, like between week four and week eight, they were all wins because right now, anyway, it doesn't look very pretty for him. So that, that's one of the things I learned again. Like, do it even earlier than you feel comfortable. Well, the helmet scouting is going to live on at least for another year. Right? <laughs> oh, TCU wide receivers. At least, wide dude, big time. Oh, my gosh, man. Hey, we big can time. kill the Ohio State quarterback narrative, though, right? Fields has been productive, and CJ Stroud smashed that shit through the fucking park. Like, Fields kind of set him up on a tee, you know, like, okay, well, Justin Fields did this last year. Like, he's been okay. The CJ Stroud's like, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> Fuck yep. you. Oh, yeah. That Ohio State quarterback narrative, you guys kiss my ass. But the TCU wide receiver narrative is going to live long some, and prosperous. Some things live on in infamy, right? And the big the Big 12, the TCU thing, absolutely is going to live on. Buddy, yeah, I mean, like the, the best wide receiver on the Chargers was from TCU and a draft pick. True. Which is Darius fucking Davis. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's a special team savant right there. And he can do a little bit on offense. That was the best dude. Darius <laughs> Davis, so man. Was it the first round Davis. pick? It also <laughs> was, you know, <laughs> most people don't even know anything about Darius Davis, right? <laughs> They're not going to give him any credit. But yeah. Uh, I didn't even include Jameer Gibbs, too. Like, people were mad at me because I had him. I said you should take him at three. <clears throat> you, yeah. you were on that train, too. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, well, I will say, Mike, the reason I was. The reason I won't say Gibbs was a hit for me is because I was the one that pushed. On him? Well, no, that that's the reason. Yes, I actually had C.J. Stroud ahead of Gibbs, so I'll ultimately take the dub on that. But I definitely there was at least a two week period where I'm like, this Dan Campbell thing, man. He just as long as yeah, Montgomery's yeah, around, Swift PTSD. I just like as long as as long as Montgomery's around, or we saw Jamal Williams. He's just gonna keep doing this. 
the best thing that ever happened was just enough of an injury to Montgomery to where when Gibbs got the opportunity, he thrived with it, and then Montgomery became the 1B very clearly because Gibbs is just that dude, right? We just which, It was opportunity we needed, and he killed it. Which is also something like I was never too high on David Montgomery. He surprised me, and he did better than I thought he was going to be this year. But uh, that's just a dude that feels like he gets banged up, you know, all the time. And I think I even said, like, I watched that dude tear his dick in half, you know, in a training camp. Now, to his credit, he came back and played, but it's just like, there's always something, man. David Montgomery just feels like a walking injury at some point. Like, something's going to happen. The crazy part is, the crazy part is he had such a good season. But, Mike, um, when you go back and look at it, um, it, it's really a big thing that Jameer Gibbs got that opportunity and and did what he did because, Mike, you look at Jameer Gibbs on a per-touch basis this year. I mean, he he ended up being, I believe, after his last two – his last two weeks, I think he averaged like under three yards a carry. And even still with those weeks, like 5.2 yards per carry this season. I mean, you, just to understand, like that's Jamal Charles level yards per carry. His his yards per touch this year and what it looks like will be for, you know, a few years running after this. I mean, he could be one of the most efficient guys in a, you know, per touch basis that we've ever seen at the running back position. He's that electric. So With that offensive line, too. It's crazy. Just nuts. Yeah, and, and, and the, the scheme they have around him is awesome, man. So, And it looks like Goff's going to be there for the foreseeable future, right? We can put this shit to bed finally. I know there were some question marks about him coming in this year. I think Jared Goff's <laughs> been like, yeah, I'm the quarterback. I don't – take all your hen and hooker share. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> did you say something like really off color? Because you just muted yourself halfway through that or it didn't come through right. That was amazing. What 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 kind of craziness did Mike just say? He muted himself. Don't worry about it. Love it. <laughs> no, that's all I got. It's a good show. It's a good show. Appreciate awesome, everybody man. tapping in. Yeah, Adam, we'll have it, to bro. think about what we're going to do next week. We already had these two planned out, right? Biggest lails, biggest wins. So now we'll dive right back into uh, strategy. We'll kind of see what strategy. goes. Strategy. We do have the actual early declares, right? The the deadline is uh, come and gone, so we yeah. do know who's in the draft now. Thankfully, I, th- I think I think we get four D into twenty four, man. Next week, I think we do. Like in some That's way, fair. shape, or form, we can do it in a lot of different ways. But I think, you know, yeah, twenty four. People are waiting for twenty four, man. Let's give them the the twenty four edition of four D. You know, twenty twenty four. Yeah, we we spent too much time looking at twenty three. <laughs> it's it is January sixteenth. We're halfway through January. <laughs> Still talking Spe- about twenty three. Time, time to turn the fucking page. All right. We'll spe- speaking of which, it. man. Speaking of which, you know, I'll tell you this much. All right. As a Browns fan, see, one of the things, one of my toxic traits, I guess you could say, right, is as a Browns fan, you, you're basically jaded to always say, you know, next year, next year, next year, right? Like it's as long as I've been alive, that's what the Browns have taught you to do next year. Mike, I can tell you right now. Dynasty Degenerates, I can tell you right now. News on tap soon. What we're going to do this year. This is our fucking year. 2024 is 4D's fucking year. You heard it here first. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 4D chess. Let's go. Let's go. That'll do it. We'll see you back here same time, same place. 4D chess. Dynasty football podcast. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.